0: Turns the corner at the 21st down, breaks a tackle at the 25, breaks another at the 30, and he's loose! Gets the carry, and he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie and thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. As we roll through the middle of the week, maybe it's just me, maybe I've been reading too many articles, maybe it's those ugly ass beat Antonio Brown's rocket. He's a head case and a foot case right now. I just watched the second episode of Hard Knocks and the Raiders look distracted. They got these weak ass receivers behind him. I try not to hate but backup quarterbacks who don't care, rookies who can't sing, dudes getting tattoos. Man, you had four months to get that tattoo. Then they get rocked by the Rams in practice, getting in fights. John Gruden and Mike Mayock look like they've seen better days. That's just what the TV's telling me. Let's just say I'm glad those cameras aren't in Minnesota. Because if they were, they'd be wasting film on feet too. Kickers and punters and long snappers, oh my. The Vikings cut long snapper Kevin McDermott, choosing to keep Austin cutting. Then they trade for kicker punter Kare Vedvik, who they might have had a chance to sign last year, if he hadn't been assaulted in Baltimore while playing for the Ravens. Crazy. Let's do a quick Q&A on Vedvik. Are Norwegians great? Yes. Is a fifth round pick too much? probably does that matter not really is it smart to trust the Ravens because they have other great specialists no it's actually incredibly stupid will he kick and punt no way will he kick or punt he's probably gonna punt Matt Weil has been injured with some sort of thumb injury so he's not doing the punting Kari apparently has been booming him Meanwhile, Chad Beebe's holding the kicks for Dan Bailey because Weil used to do those too. So you know how Mike Zimmer is, how easy it is to get in his doghouse. And right now, Matt Weil, I'm sorry, but the phrase applies. You can't make the club while you're in the tub. Look, Vedvik has a chance to solidify one of the specialty positions under new coordinator Marwan Malouf. If he can do that, not many are going to remember how he arrived in Egan. But all this special team talk exhausts me. We spent last week talking about the offense, so now let's talk about the defense. There's not much to say about them, but I've got plenty to say because I am so sick. Sick of all the offseason talk. Fans saying the defense doesn't have depth. The young guys are on Look, every year people have doubted Mike Zimmer's aging scheme and players but we've seen four years of great defense under Zim anyways. Let's sit down and really look at how he accomplished this consistency. What went right when pundits thought everything would go wrong? What happened was, Zimmer found outperformance from the unknowns. 2015 wasn't about Chad Greenway. It was about Anthony Barr. 2016, no one was talking about Captain Munolin by the end of the year. They were talking about Xavier Rhodes. In 2017, Daniil Hunter took over for Brian Robeson. After Terrence Newman retired, Trey Wayne stepped up in 2018. Every single year in Zimmer's system, we see young guys improve. The young guys are unproven? That's exactly what we want. Youth, hunger, athletes eager to prove themselves, complete their development under arguably the best defensive coaching staff in the league. That's not a cause for concern. This is what Zimmer and crew do for a living. So 2019 is about earning that paycheck, Zim. He's got plenty of Reapers growing, and they will be the story of this season's defense. Not Everson Griffin or Xavier Rhodes or even Harrison Smith. The young guys will control how the defense performs. They fly, we fly. They sink, we sink. Zimmer's youth will lead the charge. And just like that, we could have the next Daniel Hunter or the next Xavier Rhodes, the next Anthony Barr on our hands. So today we look at who those guys could be, not because it'd be nice for the long term, but because outperformance is needed now in 2019. Either we believe in these guys or we don't. Believe in Anthony Harris. Of course, you do. We're starting this one with a layup. The former Cavalier maximized his 2018 opportunity. Heck, Harris made the most out of all his chances for the most part in his still short four year career. Ant took some time to develop. You see, these young Zimmer guys, we gotta let them simmer a little. Let Zim do work on the slow cooker. Ant Man sat behind Andrew Sandejo a 9-year veteran who was always underrated during his time in Minnesota. Deho's now on the Eagles. That's really sad. Regardless, he did all the little things you need from a safety plane next to Harrison Smith. He tackled, surely, 84% tackle rate. He didn't get beat deep often, and he didn't allow yards after the catch. All those little things Ho brought consistently, they were great for the Vikings' defense. They'll always be overlooked, and Anthony Harris made them easy to overlook, easy to forget, because Harris's 2018 blew all those little things out of the water. Pro Football Focus graded Anthony Harris as the best Vikings defender of 2018. Harris tackled better than Sandejo ever did, just two missed tackles last year. Harris allowed just 7.4 yards per reception. The longest pass against Anthony went for 18 yards. So think back to when Daniil Hunter took over for Brian Robinson. What happens when a good, solid veteran gets replaced by a great, but relatively unproven youngster? What happens when Anthony Harris starts 16 games instead of 9? Plays 1,000 snaps instead of 560? It could go terribly. Maybe Harris isn't ready for the full-time gig, but it's so easy to see upside here. It can't be ignored. Projecting Harris to be an upgrade over Sendejo is more realistic than assuming Harrison Smith ages out. And if we really think Harry the Hitman is done, well, we should go buy some bridges. Do you believe in Steven Weatherly, coach Andre Patterson rubbing polish on yet another late round defensive end? Weatherly joined Minnesota in the 7th round of the 2016 draft. Being a 7th round pick, Steven's non-existent freshman and sophomore seasons were kind of expected. In fact, just making it 3 years in the NFL is a feat at that draft position. That's almost a sign of a draft success in itself. Still. No one really knew what we had in Steven Weatherly going into 2018. Fans still clamored for Tashawn Bauer over him, but Steven just kept growing as an edge rusher before circumstances shoved him into six starts during the 2018 season. Everson Griffin's temporary departure left a hole in the Vikings defense. Many thought the team couldn't recover with so little depth behind him. Instead, the Zim Reapers came out stronger. When Griffin returned, the Vikings had a solid rotational defensive end in Weatherly. Steven posted a better pressure rate than Griffin did last year. By no means should we think he's ready to replace Everson, but we should know that a floor has been established. Any return to form by Everson will be supplemented by Steven Weatherly. And if Everson is fully back, or if Weatherly continues to grow, That solves some interior defensive line worries too. Again, we're not saying this rotational defensive end will replace Sheldon Richardson's 11% pressure rate, but he was at a 9% pressure rate last year. We're just saying Steven has shown enough to present possible upside, allow Griffin or Hunter to move inside for obvious pass rush scenarios. It won't be surprising to see more of that because not just Richardson... Tom Johnson moved on from the team as well. Pass rushers are at a premium for Minnesota's defense right now. Weatherly is one of three that we can count on, so don't be surprised when they lean on him more and get results. Do you believe in Eric Wilson? We've talked before about how the Cincinnati Bearcat alum factors in at linebacker for our purple. Wilson isn't the man who comes in rotationally as part of the base defense, that's Ben Gideon's job. But when Eric Kendricks or Anthony Barr get hurt, when one of the Bash brothers can't go, that's when Eric Wilson comes in. Wilson started four games last year, and if he can clean up tackling issues, he'll be Zimmer's guy for spot linebacker duties. He did just that in the final two games against Detroit and Chicago last year. Those games, he made 14 tackles and 10 stops combined. In contrast to Edge Rusher, we haven't seen a bunch of late-round picks come in and develop. Anthony Barr was a first-round pick, Eric Kendrick's a second-round pick. But because of that talent, we don't expect the big drop-off. I mean, you don't spend $118 million like Minnesota did on those two guys if you're expecting a fallout from them. All that just means the ask from Wilson is a lot smaller. As a second-year player, Wilson did a solid job of minimizing the defensive falloff when Kendricks or Barr were missing time. As a third-year player, there's no reason to think Wilson can't progress in that role. Look, he's not as dynamic as Kendricks or Barr. He just has to hold the fort down. In 2018, he mainly took over for Eric Kendricks. And was Wilson a big drop-off? pro football focus says no. They grade both guys close, with the key difference being Kendrick's tackles way better. EK had a 91% tackle rate in 2018. Wilson was at an 81% tackle rate. That's why we're honing in on his tackling, because if that improves, glimpses of Wilson show a good run defender, a good blitzer, a decent coverage defender, and all those things mean we aren't that far off from having three good linebackers, we aren't that far off from better linebacker depth if you believe in Eric Wilson. Do you believe in McKenzie Alexander? Mac might be the oldest Mr. Mankato in the 59-year history of Vikings training camp. Many thought Alexander was a failed draft pick. Sure, all those fans had legitimate reasons. Alexander finished 2017 as one of the Vikings' worst defenders. He allowed 11.6 yards per reception. He posted a poor 68% tackle rate, worst among Vikings' defensive backs. But those fans are also stupid for calling it quits after two years. McKenzie just hadn't arrived yet. In 2018 camp, there was talk about his slow growth, his stubbornness, his fit when the Vikings had all these other corners, Rhodes, Waynes, Mike Hughes, even Holton Hill. Today, that all sounds crazy. Mack built on his limited playing time from 2016 and 2017, his continued experience in Zimmer's scheme under defensive backs coach Jerry Gray. Mack put together a stellar year three. He might be the poster child. Or why we give draft picks three years. That's how Mackenzie Alexander took over the slot, fighting off Hughes and Hill to become the nickel cornerback. When Mike Hughes went down, when Rhodes and Waynes missed time, Mackenzie was there, much improved. The stats show his tackle rate increased by 14% into the 80s. He decreased his yards per reception allowed by 17%. From 11.6 to 9.6. Then, on top of that improvement, he brought the pass rush. Mack recorded his first four career sacks in 2018, four is more than any defensive back made in a season under Zimmer. Alexander led the team in pass breakups too, with eight of them. Mackenzie Alexander was a top five Vikings defender last year, and nobody saw that happening. No one saw him up there with Harris. Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, and Linball Joseph. And McKenzie ended the season strong. He didn't allow a pass over 10 yards over the last quarter of 2018. Missed only one tackle in the same time frame. So believe, all the fretting over Xavier Rhodes regression, that's basically making two negative arguments. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Xavier can't bounce back. We're not going to say the guy who stepped up last year can't do it again. No sir, no way, because we all know the most likely scenario, that Mac has arrived like most Zimmer quarterbacks do, and that Rhodes comes all the way back. So that's about it y'all, when somebody tells you the defense is about to fall off, tell them they better show you something more. Is it hard to consistently produce good defense in the NFL? Of course it is, but you gotta look at the reasons. Good defenses fall off because there is a coaching change or a different scheme. That's not a problem for our purple. Good defenses dismantle when multiple players leave the team. Again, not something our Vikings are dealing with. Mike Zimmer continues to develop new talent. So when someone tells you the defense is going to regress simply because of age, laugh at them. They're just as blind as the haters were in 2015 or 2017. They're too focused on the vets and missing out on the youth. To stay elite, the Vikings need to see the improvement talent pan out. And what we find after really looking at the depth is that several of the younger Vikings defenders are already well on their way. They can make up for any age-related regression, just like Zimmer's defenses have done in the past and they could even take the defense a step further, be a new generation of Zim Reapers. Believe it, and keep on listening as we stream towards 2019. I know most of y'all are looking for game previews and reviews. Those are coming with Jason Brown leading the way, the main podcast, and from the Pocket Protectors. Some of y'all are drafting fantasy squads, Miles and I will be in touch. Thank you for those 15 minutes, and until next time, y'all, skull bikes.